Well, welcome once again to the 2021 Any Award nominee for Best Podcast, Party of One, an actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host, as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Adam Bell for a game of No Stone Unturned. No Stone Unturned is a post-post-apocalyptic role-playing game about the ways in which life moves on years after a societal collapse. In it, players uh, collaboratively create a post-apocalyptic world, uh, build the people that live in that world, and then send those people out to explore the wreckage and to see what is out there and meet the other people and see the other ways that life has gone on. All of which is to say, this game is so specifically my jam that I was so absolutely thrilled that we got to play it. And I I so loved the directions that we ended up taking it in that I cannot wait for you to hear the episode. The story we told was phenomenal. The game was super fun. I can't wait for you to hear it. Please be sure to go pick up your own copy of No Stone Unturned at adamebell.itch.io or you can check the show notes for more information. I have a few things to cover down on before we dive in. Uh, hey... It has been a hell of a week. Since we have last spoken, a few interesting and exciting things have happened in the world of Party of One. Uh, Last Monday, we were accepted into and nominated for four awards at the New Jersey Web Fest, a film festival that celebrates the best in web series and fiction podcasting. We were nominated for Best GM, Best Series Premise, Actual Play, Outstanding Actual Play, Non-D&D Edition, as well as Outstanding Anthology Fiction Podcast. All of which is amazing, and I am thrilled and excited and overwhelmed, and I'm so, so happy, and I just... And as I mentioned already, on Friday, we were nominated for Best Podcast at the 2021 Any Awards. All of which is to just say thank you for listening, thank you for supporting the show, thank you for continuing to allow us to make this big, weird, silly project that we put our time into. I know that Jen is thrilled, I know I am thrilled... Thank you so much. Uh, I can't wait to make more great podcasts. I can't wait to continue to play games with people. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, But real quick, one more thing before we dive in. And that is a thank you to James Hanna and Joe Zender, our newest backers on Patreon. Thank you for supporting the podcasts that we produce, the games that we design. Thank you for supporting all of that cool stuff. Uh, If you would like to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. And now with all that said... Let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am beyond excited to be sitting down with Adam Bell. Adam, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Yeah, thanks for having me. So real quick at the top of the show, why don't you let our lovely listeners at home know about what we're playing this week, as well as anything you've got going on you might want them to know about. Yeah, sure. Uh, We are playing a game called No Stone Unturned. It is a game that I designed and uh, is out in the world as we speak. Uh, do you want me to give a brief pitch of it here? Yeah, give give us the give us the elevator pitch, give us the flyover, and then we'll kind of get into the the reality of it once uh, we talk about all the other cool stuff that you do. Cool. Yeah, it is a game about adventuring in a recovering world, and then thinking about what that type of adventure looks like. So when I say recovering world, I mean at some point somebody played a post-apocalyptic campaign in here, but that was a long time ago. The world is getting a little better. It's not quite as uh, broken down as a post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, and yeah, you you scout the world, you try to building up your little settlement of people that are that are starting to reestablish society. Um, but adventure is, I mean, there's a lot of problems that you could cause both mm-hmm. for other people that live in the world and the environment, all kinds of stuff that you can get into. So you do that I while love thinking about your feelings. 
And that's... I love it. These are all things that I love. I love exploring. I love adventure. I love post post I specifically love post post apocalypse. It is one of my favorite tropes, settings, themes, things to think about. I don't know why that's a thing that I'm excited to think about in the year 2021. <laughs> Who's to say? say? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a it is a particular genre that I really love, and I am excited to play this uh, this game today. Cool. Yeah, me too. So, do we want to go ahead and get into it? Sounds good. Yeah. Am I? Do you want me to facilitate, or did you? Yeah. Uh, I've read through it, but go ahead. I like. I like. I like having the designer walk me through things. It's my. It's my one little touch of ego in the podcast. Is I'm like. I'm like. You've made a game. Play it. Run it for. Me. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, usually, what I do is I'll read the first bit of the, like the first page, and then we'll jump right into building a world that sounds, together. That sounds great. Um, so. After the world inevitably fell, people built a new one from its ashes. Time passed, and eventually this new world crumbled and was rebuilt once more. Some say this cycle is just the natural order of things. The people left after a collapse never agree on everything that went wrong, and then they lead their descendants to correct some of the errors that led to collapse, while repeating many of the others. You're about to create a world that features characters living in a world unrecognizable to our own. Their society is starting to pick up the pieces after one of these cyclical crises. Natural catastrophes, man-made disasters, and external influences have caused collapse after collapse, but humanity somehow has hung on. Remainders of each of these civilizations and artifacts of their downfalls lurk hidden throughout the world. Enough time has passed that many settlements have stabilized and are now looking to expand and explore. You'll play characters who live in the world and are tasked with exploring locations around their settlement to acquire whatever resources and knowledge that can be found. While that may sound like a noble cause, the world around them is populated by other societies, recovering wildlife, unstable ecosystems, and volatile remnants from disasters past. If your adventurers aren't careful, their actions will endanger their neighbors as well as their own homes. I love it. Great pitch. Great intro. I'm very excited. So this is so this is made up of two parts. We're going to we're going to build a world and then we're going to build characters and go on an adventure. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll build a little settlement and then privately we'll author a couple of locations that are out in the world and then together we'll go to one of those places. Sounds good. So the first step to uh building a world collaborative, well the the zeroth step is I don't know if you usually want to do like safety tools on mic or Yeah, we can we can, we can cover them on mic. I usually leave it up to the designer, but let's cover we'll cover, we'll go over our safety stuff on mic. Okay. Yeah, usually I just use uh lines and veils and then also have an X card situation handy in case it needs to come up. Uh which I'm sure listeners of your show know what these are, but yeah, lines are course. hard lines. Don't don't talk about this stuff. Veils are if this comes up Let's not go into detail. Yes, uh, my hard lines are nothing involving uh, nothing involving sexual assault, no harm to what I would describe as like ordinary animals and ordinary animals and children, mythological animals. Like if we're gonna punch a dragon, I am. There's a level <laughs> of abstraction there that I'm okay with. Right. Um. Uh. And uh, the only and the other line is no plagues or pandemics. Just not interested in discussing it. Um, my, my veils are nothing, are veils on eye and teeth related injuries. Uh, you have not left anything out for me, so I'm good with all that. Cool, cool, cool. And I've put that in the roll 20. There's a little handout if you ever need to refer to it. Um, cool. So yeah, the first step is to discuss broadly. We start with a brief discussion on what this post-post-apocalypse setting should look like and try to agree on a tone for the setting. Um, so yeah, tone and, you know, general vibe. Mm-hmm. 
is what we're looking for here. Do you have anything in mind? So this I'm I'm trying to decide. This might this might be something. Yeah, I think this is something that I want to throw out here as a just something that I was thinking about that popped into my head that I was very kind of tickled about and oftentimes the ideas that tickle us are the ones that I'm kind of most excited about. Um I think tonally I'm I'm interested, and and if you've got thoughts, let me know. I think I want something that is not as... So so some of the examples that you've got in the book are, like, serious and weird, like Numenera, or zany, like in Adventure Time, or ruinous and filled with robotic remnants like Horizon Zero Dawn. I think I'm picturing somewhere between Adventure Time and Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, more obviously, like, this is the remnants of a world that passed, but... Less the shot that I'm gonna take the 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 <laughs> the shot I'm taking across the bow. I am not interested, and this is also me skipping ahead to part two of banning story elements. I'm not interested in McCarthying this. It's not a it's not a mood or a vibe that like I'm especially interested in. When you say McCarthying this, I don't know if I know what you mean. Oh, Corm- uh, Cormac McCarthy. Like I'm not interested in like the roading this or like uh like the uh. Like the darker parts of Fallout. Okay, so you're, you're more you're more here for not quite like cartoon setting, not not quite the 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 pinks and purples and candies. And yeah. Adventure Time, but the cartoon vibe of the, the. I think I think optimistic is the word that I I want to float okay. out as like the the vibe of like not necessarily like wayne wacky or zany but like in the sense of like this like we are working to make this world a better place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm here that for is that. a that is a question that I'm interested in. That, I think that sounds good to me. Cool. Um, so yeah, the, like you were saying, we get now into banning the story element. Well, I guess real quick, should we be? What's like? I mean, level of technology is an easy question to answer, but like, what are we thinking with like? If my character lives in a house, what's what's on the inside of this house? Is it? just like a hut or is it a properly built out like modern looking or somewhere in between somewhere in between closer to hut is where my brain is at but mm-hmm. i'm open to i'm open to, to hearing other suggestions i'm a, i'm kind of open to that maybe like a hut but with they've had a lot of bricks because yeah from the and last like, people <laughs> yeah like they have like stuff i mm-hmm. think is a good way to describe it right like like i think the the, the vibe the picture that i get in my head is not is like stuff is not necessarily root like stuff is not like not like not the uh it's not scrap tech is the only way that i can describe it yeah it's it, there there are there are things that that survived and we had and, and you get a you get a few pieces of like i've taped it together four coffee cans to make a <laughs> to make a robot and four cases of like this is a computer like this computer just survived okay yeah, and so like maybe this this settlement, which we'll get to define it a little bit more in a bit, but this settlement is like this was a settlement, and we're we're living in here. We've patched up some of the holes. Yeah, uh, that feels that feels good to me. And we don't necessarily know how to build a building like this, but we've got a few of them. We've got a few of them, and we're and and we like we we have like some we have some level of control over our environment, but mm-hmm. not like a hundred percent. Cool. So yeah, next, the step two is to ban story elements. So choose something you don't think would be interesting in the story and write it on a note card. As a reminder, this is not um, 
this is a ban list that must be followed, but this is not for banning things that make you uncomfortable. That's lines mm-hmm. and fails. This is just stuff that you might expect to see in this setting, but you don't, yeah. you don't want to. I gotcha. Um, what do you, what do you want to ban? I want to ban, I want to ban gunpowder. Okay. All right. So not necessarily banning, like if maybe I'm, I'm not saying that there are laser pistols, but like, if there is a gun, it's not. It's right. not a. It's it's yeah. I get what you're saying. So I want to. The thing I want to ban is along the lines of what I was saying with the last question. I want to ban roving gangs. I'm into that. I think that's a that's right. an interesting thing to ban. Yeah, I it, it's uh, I think that whatever that means, we'll kind of explore <laughs> that in play. Like I'm interested in what it looks like to ban roving roving apocalypse gangs from the story yeah uh cool so the next step now that we've both had a chance to ban something is to draw the settlement so here in our roll 20 we've got a little rectangle representing an index card that would be in the middle of our table uh and we're going to choose a person that goes first and take turns on your turn what you do is you make a statement about the settlement that we live in and then draw something to represent that on the index card and we'll okay. continue around the table until either there's no more room on the index card or we've both passed. In a row. Would you like to go first or should I? Uh, if you've got an idea, you can go for it. Usually I just do whoever comes up with something first. Hmm. I think I can I can add something. Go for it. I'm thinking on the corner, like on the edge of the settlement, is a little thing of row houses that okay. survived. So, uh, but I think what the thing is that they're, they are physically row houses, but because they're some of the nicer buildings, this is like the community center. I like area. that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I am going to say one of a few, a ways away from the, from the row houses a thing that survived. Draw it over here. I'm just going to draw a square. And I'm going to draw a smaller square. A thing that survived. And I'm, I, 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 I know I said I wanted to veer away from the silly, but a little <laughs> bit of silly is, is up my alley. I'm going to say that a blockbuster video survived. Oh my god. <laughs> Whether it had been open at the time of the apocalypse... Or it had just been a closed building that happened to survive. Right. I like the idea. Either this is a world that split off from our timeline, or mm-hmm. more importantly, maybe Blockbuster makes a comeback in our future. I. Who's to say? <laughs> would 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 this is a question for you, Adam? Would would either of those like would the latter option surprise you? No, no, I don't think so. I I could see it happening. If next week, if next week <laughs> you were out and you just saw a blockbuster video on the corner in 2021, would that like catch you off guard? Because I don't know if it would for me. I think that's one of those things that should catch you off guard, but then your brain just explains. It's like, don't worry about it. Don't think too <laughs> dream, hard. <laughs> dream logic. Right. Um, I'm going to put a lake in the middle. Little lake. Ooh, I like that. It's like it's little for a lake, but it's still a lake. You're not going to call it a pond. Yeah. I don't know why I made it yellow. That's not accurate. I want to say 
I'm going to draw this in black. And I'm going to say there is a, like a junk wall. Junk wall. Like a wall of junk. Thinking uh, the visual that I'm getting in my head is uh, the the bar- like the barricade of stuff from Les Miserables, where it's just like a pile of garbage that has been turned into a wall mm-hmm. that like lines like sort of the southeast end of the town. Like it is, it is, it is finding purpose out of a bunch of utterly ruined, purposeless objects to create. A, a a wall that runs between like two large trees off in the distance. Okay. So it's completely unusable junk. The nice thing yeah. is that it's a wall. I think it's like as as we find junk, we add it to the wall mm-hmm. and the wall grows taller and like we've been doing this for some time, but we started building this wall out with our junk like for a reason. Like it maybe maybe the earliest levels were sandbags that like we ran out of sandbags and we were like, well, I've got a tire and we threw a tire on there. And then somebody else was like, well, if we throw a tire on there, I have a bumper of a car and then a bumper of a car. And like, it just became this giant pile of junk that is acting as our, as our, our security wall. Okay. I like that. And I'm going to play off of that for the next one, which is about 10 feet from the junk wall is a much smaller, line of it's not quite useless junk it's a it's like a stuff wall of like this seems like it's useful but mm. we, i don't know what it is and so i really they, like that i really they started like that. lining it up there and yeah but they left a gap so you could still add junk to the junk wall of course yeah and, and it's got to be close enough that like if we find out something on that on the on the stuff wall is junk we can add it to the junk mm. wall. yeah just chuck it right over I'm going to add the detail that I want to add is um, I'm going to add like tents. I'm going to add tents, tents, huts along the edge of the river and also very consciously and specifically along the junk wall is... Sort of, I keep saying tents, but that's not the right word for it. I think these are just, like, more on the hut side of, like, makeshift, like, makeshift living arrangements. Some of them might literally be tents. Some of them might be they've taken junk and built a little, like, hut out of it. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, this is specifically where, uh, it's not a swap meet. This is kind of more of the, the where I, what I pictured this part of our, our little community is, is... The best way I can describe it is like, it's the learn. It's like the, it's like the, it's the closest thing that we have to like the university. Okay. And it's, it's specifically people that like fiddle with the junk along the stuff wall. Yeah. And you can go there to just learn about, here's yeah. how you do stuff. And like people like there, like people will move there. And like the reason that there are these like makeshift houses and tents and huts is not because they're out of necessity because like they just took a bunch of junk off of the wall, built themselves a little house so they could be nearer to where they work. Right. Like people Mm -hmm. who hang out, people who live here build themselves little spaces so they can go and grab something off of the wall of stuff and go, what is this? And then they fiddle with it. They figure out if it works or not. And if it works, they, they figure out how it best is best as of best use to the community. 
Okay. I like it. This little like research lab is, I guess, the best way to describe <laughs> it. Yeah. Does it have like, is the an offshoot of that? Like where, because it's, this is where people are going to, to study and research things. Is that also where like the kids go to learn and, and but it's not like a traditional school. It's like a hands-on thing. And then here we're, we're messing with this little doodad and it's a computer that doesn't work anymore. But like, as, as people are, are, as kids are looking at you messing with a computer, like, Oh, this is how this works. And you get like all your basic skills in a really practical way. I I think what I want to throw, I think the twist I want to throw on that is that like, it is that, but on but like almost colloquially or unofficially. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like it has that because the, the vibe I get from it is very old man Kenobi living in the desert. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into there not necessarily being like the concept of school of like primary school. Yeah. And but, like so like you you either you know, you learn either by working with working in your family, like working on your family craft or mm-hmm. or, you know, going on adventures like you like you have all these ways of learning. But one of them is. And it's probably one with a reputation of like, yeah, hey, you can do that if you want, <laughs> is to go off and hang out with the weirdos by the stuff wall. Right. Yeah. I like that. Kind of a Doc Brown energy. Well, the, another thing you could go learn is over here behind the blockbuster is a little farm. Hmm. Nice and I simple. Like they grow food here. I don't know what all they grow, but they do grow some potatoes. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that. I like that a whole lot. I think. Um, I think the other thing I want to add. I think I want to add one more thing. I want to add. I'm gonna draw. Cause I think it's such an interesting touch, and I'm just gonna literally draw some lines here. <laughs> if it is, cause like what I think is like over here, is just literally like open like grassland right like it's just because it's a very interesting i don't fully know why and it's a question that i want to put on the table very consciously like why we have a wall on one side and not the other is very interesting to me yeah for sure i wanted to add one more i think i don't know where to put it might just be over like on the edge of of the grass indication but it is a building it has a big satellite dish on it um and like solar panels and in it i don't think we know i don't think we get the data that it's collecting but we know that this building collects data of some sort they're like Mm. a couple a couple working computers that you know they do the thing that they were programmed to do we haven't quite cracked like how to make them do other things but there are a couple computers in here and they are collecting data. And I like so that. Some people just go in and they collect the data and look at it and try to figure it out. Uh, I want to add a detail about that. Just okay. a little detail of like uh, something about the, the building and the satellite dish. The vibe that I get and the thing I want to throw out is that it has old school computer printers. Okay the reams of paper with the punches on the side Mm -hmm. and the data it spits out is just, is just reams of this paper. And so some of the, one of the roles, the people who walk in is like to like check on this. 
and like is just to check like make sure there's not like a printer jam right make sure that like and it maybe doesn't you know like it it maybe isn't like a constant thing like we don't we're not we're not beholden to constantly feeding this thing paper like but whenever there's a report we want to make sure that there's paper in the printer what if there was one one extra thing because I like to think about holidays sometimes. Mm-hmm. I love what's, holidays. What's a word that once a year, every year, uh, something ha- like the data, the paper is fed into this printer and it just prints out some word. Mm. And it's, it can't, um, the only word I can think of is eggs and I don't want it <laughs> to be that. <laughs> so if you've got something else, so we don't have eggs day. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want necessarily eggs day. Um, what if it is? Um, oh gosh, now all I can think of is eggs. <laughs> I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said it. Because what I'm thinking is like we don't. Again, we don't necessarily get it, but the fact that every year the same thing happens in this data collection n- means something is working in the world. What if it's nominal? Nominal. And it just doesn't say, like, what's nominal. It doesn't <laughs> right. say what it's analyzing. It just says, just prints out the word nominal. Yeah, I like it. That's good. That's much better than eggs. It also, re- it prints out the word eggs often, and <laughs> don't know why, because there's no rhyme or reason to it. Mm-hmm. But once a year, something gets read, and it's nominal. Nominal. It's nominal. I love this. So... We both mentioned it being our last thing. Do you have any... Is that a pass? Or do you have another? I don't have any other things. I have a thing that I've been sitting on that, like, I want to throw out. I I think we'll get to it in our next segment. I might, like... I might skip a little or I, I when we when we start like laying out locations, I have a thing that I might want to throw out to you. Maybe I'll throw it out now. There's a there's a thing about the world that I've been thinking about and like mm-hmm. that I was thinking about like in the context of No Stone Unturned in the context of a post post apocalyptic world. The idea of a a particular type of world that is interesting to me and like the the like the question of like what does this world look like after not only the apocalypse but after the after the apocalypse? And it doesn't have to literally be this, but I want to throw this out to you, and I want to throw it out to you on mic to hear your thoughts on it. What if this is a, what if one of the things of this world, it doesn't have to be like the dominant thing, and I actually kind of like throwing it out now after we've kind of filled out all the sort of weirdness of our little settlement. Can there have been literal monsters like horror, by which I mean horror movie monsters, by which I mean like <laughs> like Dracula. Yeah. In the pre-pre-apocalypse world. Something happened to the world and there were Draculas and all yeah. that shit. There, there, there were Draculas in the world and then the apocalypse happened. Yeah. Like, what does that post-post-apocalypse world look like? That is something that, that is just a little detail that I want to throw out. It might come up. It might entirely not, but I want you to think about it, and I want the yeah. listeners to think about it, because I think that's <laughs> an interesting question. I'm I'm into it, because, I mean, then it's like, well, yeah, w- what happened with the apocalypse? Were we trying to just kill the Draculas? Did the Draculas <laughs> do it? I don't know. It raises a lot of interesting questions. All right, so the next step was we are going to... Define our adventure scope and conditions. Yeah, here's a thought I had based on the, the little world we've built here. 
Because mm-hmm. wh- what we do, that in a few steps, we're going to be defining our own little locations and arranging them as a map on this board. Mm-hmm. What if we put the locations in the bottom left of this of our roll 20 oh i like here. that i like that but beyond the wall so like the adventure scope is going past the trash wall and seeing what's out there and i like I, that and then like the the detail and we don't necessarily need to put it on the map but i like that there's like that means that there's 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 stuff to see on sort of the to the to the sort of northwest like along the grasslands mm-hmm but it's not stuff that but like it's not stuff that like constitutes an adventure. You know what I right. mean? Like that's like there the might, known. There's like other settle there's like another like there's like other settlements and we have like a good relationship with them, right? Like there's like other communities, but like we have like a pretty mundane relationship with the with the world, with that with like those other segments of the world. Right. Yeah. And like maybe even we have like a particular standing because we have we are the people that maintain the tra- the trash wall? I like that. I like that, that a lot. I like I, I like that that detail a lot. Cool, cool. Um, so what else were we supposed to say here? <laughs> it's, it's How long does it take? Is it is it dangerous or easy to traverse? What do we assume that they're carrying? What is the level of technology? How do people get around? That type of stuff. Yeah. So I think like it probably takes a while, right? Like yeah. It, you go on an adventure to one of these locations and then come back. It's not really a a stop by because you're you have to go all the way over this wall and that's a whole process. And I, I like that as far as like what we carry, I think we carry a good amount of, of stuff with us mm-hmm. because I think and it also says that it's very dangerous. If we if this is an opportunity to really think about the the, the ban on gangs. If it is if it is particularly dangerous, then it is particularly dangerous for groups to travel. So like, they we are probably being loaded up not maybe not even heavily. Like we might be traveling light so that we can stay mobile. But like, we are we are we are like small groups are sent past the wall to like look into things and to explore stuff and to to investigate things. Yeah. Yes, we we everything we bring like is an intentional choice. Mm-hmm. Because everything can slow us down. Um, do we? Should we think about why it's dangerous, or should that come up in the locations? I think that can come up in the locations. Cool. All right. I think we've touched on a lot of this stuff. Like general level of technology seems to be yeah. mostly like whatever you can find. We're, we haven't cracked how to make the stuff as much yet, but those weirdos in the tents are sure are working on it. They're getting pretty close. Um, how do we like get around? I'm. Assume it sounds like we're on foot. We're going on. Yeah, I like real that. honest to goodness adventure. Um, yeah, towards the end here, uh, can we maintain contact uh, with our home settlement at all? Hmm, Do we have that little ham radio situation, or is it flying by night? Um, here's my proposal. Mm-hmm. We can maintain a degree, like. We can maintain contact, but to an extremely limited degree, because the way that we do it is through is through the satellite tower. Ooh. And we have we have a limited amount of paper and we need to make sure that whatever is staying nominal <laughs> is staying nominal. Right. So we have what are essentially like telegrams that we can send back at most. Okay. 
Yeah, and it and, gets printed out, and somebody checks on that regularly and when the, people are And out. the community doesn't have a way doesn't have a way to talk to us, which I think is significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I think I think that's good. Unless you have any of these other ones, no, that that, that feels great to me. All right, so the next part is a little bit uh, borrowed from the Quiet Year, which is we think about scarcities and abundances um, that are important to our community. So we're going to think of five resources that are important, and then we'll decide, you know, which is abundant, and then the rest are things that we are kind of out on our adventures trying to solve. Hmm. Hmm. So resources should be understood broadly. At its simplest, it can mean food or water, but anything a society needs and uses can be declared. So entertainment, camaraderie, sunlight, agricultural variety, anything. I like camaraderie. I want to throw camaraderie on the list immediately. Okay. Let me get this up into the scarcities and abundance. So you're going to add camaraderie. Should I add that into description and notes or GM notes? Um, I'll add that to, I'll just add them all because roll 20 is a mess. Great. That works. (laughs) We can't both work on it. Um, I'm going to add, um, I had an idea and then I forgot it. Oh, paper. Let's add paper. Oh, paper's good. I like paper. I'm going to throw out youthful enthusiasm. Youthful enthusiasm. It's good. I was, I'm kind of thinking something along the lines of I, w- I want something that's like a downside of having to maintain this junk wall, mm. a potential downside of it, of like, we don't, I don't know if just raw material, because everything we do, we have to put it on the wall, essentially. And so raw material is good. To build I like raw with. material. And then we need one more. trying to think i'm not as interested the thing i'm not as interested in is because a word came to mind that like i'm going to float out as one that i'm not interested in and maybe this will point us in the direction of something that we are is the word that popped into my head was essentials your food your water like i'm less interested in that so i'm wondering if there's something that that we can push that we can push on that to figure something out i mean Something to push, uh, like something to get away from essentials, would be just anything luxury. Ooh, I like, like I like lug. What what if frivolities? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, so of those five, which as a recap are camaraderie, paper, youthful enthusiasm, raw material, and frivolities, which one do we have a bunch of? Hmm. So I, ha- I, 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 I want to hear your thoughts on this because I want to throw out the, the fact that I, I am completely on the fence about one of them and I want to know I – mean, I need you to cast the deciding vote. Okay. There's a blockbuster. <laughs> so like frivolities is on the – like it would make perfect sense for us to have a bunch of like frivolous things. Right. Yeah. I mean at least we've got a lot of media to consume. But but at the same time, we also have a giant wall of junk that has to be at least a percentage of cassette of VHS tapes. Yeah, that's so true. like it, like and the and the idea that we have like a junk wall means that like we might not have space or we might not have a place in our lives for stuff that we're stuff that we have that we love that we don't call junk. 
So I go well, back and forth. Well, riddle, riddle me this. On the junk wall, just because it's part of the wall doesn't mean it can't also be plugged in. Fence. Something like a huge TV is in the junk wall. You're not. That's a. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. And then at the top of the junk wall, you've got like VHS tapes that like they're all in a position, but you can take the one out of the VCR and like hot swap it with another VHS that's somewhere on the wall. I like that. I like an abundance of an abundance of frivolity is very good. We have a we have a bunch of stuff that is of little use. <laughs> But that people get a kick out of. Yeah. What do you think we don't? So we have an abundance. What do we? What do we have a scarcity of? Um, so the rest of them become scarce. Oh, okay, got it. Which I like all of those. I like all of those options as scarce. Yeah, it's kind of rough, honestly. <laughs> that's real. That's very good. No camaraderie. No youthful enthusiasm. Like. These movie nights don't bring the people together somehow. It's, it's there. It's, and it's, it's, I think also, I know I said there were settlements to the North, but like, what if there's just nothing? Ooh. And like, that's part of the lack of camaraderie is like, you know, we didn't have to put up a wall on the North side because like, it's just empty grassland, right? Like Mm -hmm. it is, if you've, it is like, the the experience that I get in my head is akin to standing in like floating in the middle of the ocean and looking in any direction. It's just grassland. It's like you look out and you can see for miles and there's not a single tree. There's not a single building. There's not a single mountain. It is all flat and it is oh, all empty. That's tough. That's real tough. <laughs> I got to say, I don't want. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. I just don't want to be there. Personally. No, I don't want to be there either, which is why we're going to go the other direction over this junk wall. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, so the next step here is for us to author locations. Now that we have an idea of the settlement and what it's like to live here, uh, it's time to build out the surrounding area, which is done by creating a map on the table using index cards. We're each going to take two index cards and privately author two locations. We don't show these to each other. It's essentially my little way of tricking non-GMs to do some GM prep. Uh, so I like it. I like it. Each note card is going to include a description of the place, a drawing to represent it, an eight-piece pie chart called the collateral clock, and then what the collateral is, which is to say what we can harm by adventuring here improperly, mm. a danger that can threaten us, and then rewards of some sort of, or treasure that can be found here. So... Potential collaterals, collaterals could be the animals or people that live there, the social structures of a lo- local population, um, a food or a water source for regional inhabitants, anything that we can damage the environment of. Um, and then dangers could be monsters, people, nature, people that like don't want us to be there, that kind of stuff. And rewards could be ancient troves of knowledge, artifacts from a civilization past, uh, a population that could be our allies, or something to address one of our shortages. So uh, the best way to do this playing digitally, let me... I thought I had this up and ready to go, but oh, I do. I'm going to send you the card front template. Okay. And if you want to pull that open in your drawing app of choice, whether it be paint or yes, something higher than that. And then just 
make two things. All right, I will do that. And we'll upload those to a card deck in Roll20, but I'll tell you how to do that after. Mildly worried about. Oh, no, it adds, because I, I made a blank. It doesn't seem to. Oh, no, does the add multiple just not work? seems <laughs> to have done nothing. Now I see two. I don't know if that's your doing. That's my doing. I have added both of my cards. Okay. I'll just do them one at a time then. All right, so we've created our locations. Uh, what's next for us? So we're going to arrange these on a map. So we have them uploaded as cards here, and I'm just going to draw them out face down onto the board, and we can put these however we want. So we talked about them being on the other side of that wall, so do we just want to have them all accessible? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, especially since we'll probably only do the one adventure. Sure. So it'll be a... Whoever's lucky card whenever we get there. Uh, the next thing is to assign the danger and reward levels to each. Okay. So if you want to roll 2d4 for each one, I will write I will. down what they are. Uh, and what this represents is each one. Uh, we, we've written down a danger and a reward for each one. And the higher the value, the more dangerous and the more rewarding. And these are separate. So I've rolled two threes. Okay, so whoop. so the first card, top left, will be danger three, reward three, if you just want to do that three more times. All right, next one is danger uh, is a one, a four and one. Okay, so we'll do danger one, reward four. Next one is a one and three. D one, oh, there's some not that dangerous out here. I don't know what everybody's concerned about. And the last one? Two and three. All right, those are all laid out. Uh, I've made it very small, but that's I'm not going to bother with it. We can see it. <laughs> and then finally, we, we create characters. So we should have a solid idea of where our characters live and what their lives are like, and also a map of locations that they'll be exploring. So next is to walk through character creation. All right. So here in Roll20, we each have a character sheet that we can use to fill out. Um, can you see them, I hope? Um, yes, I think I can. Yes, I can. All right, so, yeah, the, the steps here are fairly simple. First, I mean, first or whenever, choose a name, define your pronouns, and look. Um, the first big decision point will be to pick three moods. So these are three moods your character is most often experiencing while they adventure. Uh, examples, of course, can include feckless, angry, joyous, jealous, ambivalent, or curious, but any moods you're interested in role-playing will do. Uh, you'll assign one to a d8, one to a d6, and one to a d4. And then when you make an action roll while playing the game, you'll use a die granted by the mood that you're currently using. Bigger isn't necessarily better, but the bigger mood, the bigger mood die helps you to succeed when you're endangering the world, so that's when you're being like thoughtful of what's around you, and the smaller mood die will help you achieve your goals. When you're in danger. Um, Got it. So let me think of three moods here. And yeah, we're there are six positions on the sheet, but we're leaving one blank at each level so that Got it. Um, 
while we play, if you're like, oh, I didn't write down angry, but it turns out this character's angry all the time, you can fill it in later. All right, so we've created our characters. So uh, walk us through what goes onto the character sheet, and then we will introduce our adventurers, and then we'll go on an adventure. Sounds good. Yeah, so characters are consisted of a few things in this game. There are aspects, which are the closest thing to traditional stats. Those are mind, body, and heart. There are moods, so that's what your character is going to be feeling while they're adventuring and how that interacts with the way that they adventure. There are the skills, that's what your character is good at, completely freeform, and sentiments, which is what your character cares about and believes in and owns. I love it. Uh, would you like to... Uh, why don't I'll introduce my character first. Sure. Uh, so my character's name is Magrim Lash. Uh, you can just call him Lash. Uh, he uses he, they pronouns. They, uh, their aspects are their body is a D8, their heart is a D6, and their mind is a D4. Their moods are over-enthusiastic, headstrong, and punchy. Uh, his skills are bashing things, fiddling with things, and acts of daring do. Okay. And their sentiments are uh, the belief that there's a world of cool shit and I want to see it. Um, a possession, this jacket has been through hell. And a relationship, uh, the Scrap Heap Gang's gopher. I, <laughs> I, I imagine that, that the, 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 the people studying the wall really love me because they can go, hey, there, we heard there's a rumor about some, some things on the other side of the wall. And I'm like, well, yeah, I got to see that. I got to see it. If there's stuff, I got to go see it. <laughs> and then I can bring back a, and then I bring back a, whatever. I bring back a toaster oven. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, my character's name is Jerry. That's it. Uh, he uses he, him pronouns. Uh, he was always wearing a lab coat and sunglasses. My aspects are a mind of D8, heart of D6, and body of D4. So the opposite of old Lash over there. I like it. My moods are curious, impulsive, and afraid. I'm good at deducing, shouting, and dancing. And then my sentiments are, I have to know why we built this wall, keeping this lab coat fresh, and my siblings don't understand why I adventure. I like that both of us have an emotional attachment to our coats. <laughs> that, that, that tells me, like, there's a, there's a detail, and this is, like, there's an element, there's a thing that, that, that reminds me of in uh, Dogs in the Vineyard, where, like, you're supposed to make your coat, like, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I, and that's always like a thing that's probably my that is probably my favorite detail from that game and it really I really like it and I like that like it kind of like unintentionally like I think there's probably a similar thing here I like that like you know the idea like we have this community full of like frivolous things like if you find a thing that is yours that is something I think that is really like special and treasured yeah and I also like that while we both did coats, yours has been through hell, but I have to keep mine like pristine yeah. at all times. Just same thing, but the opposite. It's I like it. Good. I like it a lot. And so with that, I think we are ready to go on an adventure. Let's go on an adventure. Let's go on an adventure. Um, so yeah, the, the a, a session of the game is played out like this. You know, you start with that whole world building character creation thing. And then, because we have this map on the table, if we're playing this over the course of a long time, we might explore all these locations, but I'm presuming we're going to get through one. So which one do we want to go for? These are all hmm. on the other side of the wall. We don't know. We Our characters have each heard rumors of the locations that we, as players, have written, mm -hmm. but don't necessarily know where it is on the other side of the wall. We just know that somewhere out there, 
something like that exists. So but, do do we want to do we do, do as we decide what we want? So, uh, how do we decide which of the things we go after? So with the way that we've said it, it does feel like this one in the corner we can't get to because we have to go through this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think. So of the three, I mean, we've got this one in the top left has uh, danger of three and reward of three. This one is the biggest. These the other two are the biggest cakewalk with a single danger. So like whatever I, I, is I, dangerous I there, think, we don't have to worry. I about. think Lash. I think Lash is pushing. Like I don't think Lash pushes for like easy, 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 easy things. Right. They don't. They seem like they want. They want thrilling action. <laughs> Yeah, so we we're like on the horizon. We're looking, and it's like that place looks a little dangerous. I'm not sure yeah. why. And so, Jerry probably is like, I don't know if we should go there, but probably, I'm gonna guess Lash wins out in that that debate. <laughs> so I like you that. Want to go to D three R three over here? Let's go D three R three. All right, I'm going to flip that card. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited because I, I assume we're probably going to do one of these. We'll see about time, but uh, so I'm very excited because I think like we get we see so what so I'll re- I'll read through the card that we flipped. Uh, or rather, Adam, what what should we what should we say outright about the card that we flipped, and what are we going to discover in time? Yeah, so we can I think we can say that the title is the creature's manner, mm-hmm. um, and typically whoever wrote it will just give a brief rundown of like what they okay. had in mind when they're thinking but i think you can see it here we've got yeah. a castle looking thing there's there's kind of a river that leads up to it there's a satellite dish on top there's a satellite dish on top um yeah so i mean we can we could just be we both see this information yeah. so it, we could share it with the viewer i think or the, the so listener the, so the the collateral is the creature's wrath mars the countryside Mm-hmm. And the danger is the creature and its trained hounds. And the reward is information on this on the satellite dish and fresh reams. <laughs> so that's what we're I, up against. I think um I think what 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 Lash will say is we approach the creature's manner is mutter. Huh. That's not that's not at all what I thought Castle Dracula looked like, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely looks different in uh, in the movie. It it definitely does. Hmm. Maybe this is a different. Maybe I I'm worried that something lives here though. This does not look the lightning strikes <laughs> I, <laughs> above. I, I, I hope I hope so. I hope something lives here. <sighs> okay, how do we want to do this? Uh, well, uh, and I think this is this is I think la- lash. I think this 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 is a nice note of our relationship, I think, because I think Lash is very quick to offer their thoughts on the scenario, but he recognizes that you are the thinker of the two of us. So I think <laughs> he goes, well, there's a front door. I mean, I figure I just punch through that front door and, you know, tell the, the creature to, to face me to face me or be a coward. And then it comes out and I, I, I beat it down and. You rewire the the dish on top, and then we we do big hero thing. Okay, okay, uh, hmm. I that's, like the okays. I like where we're starting. This is that sounds very. I'm wor- I'd be worried about you going in. I don't want. I'm not going in the front door. I won't stop you. Of course. Okay. What? What's? What's? What? This is why you're. This is why you're the plan guy. I might try to get up on the. Uh, I might try to climb the outside. Yeah. 
I do love I do love like a dramatic wall climb. I mean, look at those bricks. They look old and one of them's going to break and we're going to be dangling <laughs> well, by a I, hand I, and go, on, I don't, oh no, it's going to sound good. You're just kind of freaking me out a little bit with it. Oh, it's gonna be fine. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna fall, and I'm gonna swoop with some rope and grab you, and it's gonna be a great moment. It's gonna be very cool. All right. So the the general flow out of character here. The general flow of the game is once you, as an adventuring party, get to a location, you generally want to split up a little bit so mm-hmm. that you can just GM for each other. Essentially, got it. One player is doing the thing, and the other player or players are are telling them what's happening. With a little back and forth. And eventually you'll, we'll roll some dice like we're playing a role-playing game. Got it. Uh, so if you wanted to bust through the front door and I <laughs> climb the outside, we could make that happen. I think, I think Lash is going to punch through the front door and challenge the creature to face me or be a coward. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, yeah, I think I sneak around to the back and then we can we can start with you. All right. But I, I want to make sure that I'm not just standing by the door when you punch through. <laughs> I... I I think I like I give you a nod and I'm like go go do your thing, uh, and I'm like I you know I you climb the wall I will I will buy you whatever time you need to get up there and study that dish or get into the manor or whatever it is you got to do. Cool. This is what I do. Big loud distractions. That's Lash's game. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, I am gonna smash through. I am in a running running charge through the creature's manor's door. Perfect. Uh, so we talked about collateral before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the bottom of every thing is a – you players of games like Blades in the Dark or, or yep. Power by the Apocalypse games are familiar with clocks. There's a collateral clock, which is just us tracking what we do to the environment that we're exploring in. I'm just going to take that. You can take that whenever you feel like somebody's done something that isn't quite savory. Sure. That <laughs> and feels will right. have a run-on yeah. effect. So busting through the front door, that's it. That's that's the first tick. Um, and so you, br- you burst through the front door uh, and immediately you see – do you just burst through and shout, face me, coward? Is I that- think so. <laughs> you, you, I, I yell, I yell, Magrum Lash is here to <laughs> end the terror of the creature or prove his worth to the creature. Admittedly, I didn't really think through my plan past the door. <laughs> if, we, if, we're, if we can settle this friendly, I'm also open to that. You just immediately see, like, there's a fireplace, it's active, uh, and there's just a very large dog. I'm thinking, like, what if a Doberman was much bigger, but Mm -hmm. the shape of a Doberman, which feels right for a scenario like this. Sort of Uh, like a, almost like a Cerberus look. Kind of uncurls from its nap, does a big stretch, looks at you and just starts growling in in a menacing way. All right. <sighs> distraction, big loud distraction, big loud distraction. Um, I'm gonna look around. Is there are there are there stairs, hallways, anything that is readily like get toable? Yeah, I think there's like a big staircase up to a landing. This is like the the entryway of this elaborate manor. So we've got the fireplace with like a, a sitting chair, rug for the dog. But there's definitely like stairs that go up onto a big landing and a few doors up there. I'm gonna jump, make a little lump, jump and like slap my thighs a little bit and go, ah! <laughs> and then run. I am trying to uh, play with this large dog and wear it out by chase, having it chase me around the building. Okay. Are you trying to engage the dog's play instincts or are you just playing 
by running for your life. I am trying to engage the dog's play instincts. I think like it is a it is growling and I am trying to like get it to chase me. But I think like but in that sense of like, I think if it chases me, it's going to recognize that this is it's going to it's go it's play instincts are going to kick in. Okay, so the important the, the important thing is more getting the dog to recognize you as not a threat than yeah. you going fast. I think we should roll some dice for this. this feels, All right, that sounds good. That feels like a good dice opportunity. Yeah, so uh, first you state your desired outcome, which you've done. Yeah, uh, it's, to, and, it's to get the dog tired, but, but, but happy. Right. And next you choose, or I, as the arbiter, will choose aspect and state what's most at risk. I think the aspect is going to be heart because it's just trying to appeal to this dog mm-hmm. you're, you're in in whatever way uh what most at risk would be either the world or the character this is going to be the character mm-hmm. uh and then you're going to choose a mood either one you have choose, listed or make a new one i'm going to choose over enthusiastic makes sense uh just hit uh increase that by one on the little counter there got it just to track what kind of moods we're using then we're going to check any details of the world for any advantage or disadvantage. I don't think there's anything here. I don't think so. I won't go so far to say is this is a guard dog and it's not going to play with you. We're not going to say that. That's no fun. Um, and then if you have any skills that are relevant, just mention I do have that acts, here. I do have acts of daring do. <laughs> yeah, that's that counts. Uh, <laughs> and then do you want to risk any of your sentiments here? I Which will would give risk. You? I will risk this jacket has been through hell. Oh, that makes sense. All right, so you're going to roll your aspect and mood dice. I lied when I told you earlier you'll only roll two dice at once because I forgot about advantage completely. Uh, All right. Roll whatever die your mood has. T- roll two of those and then one of the aspect. All right. I, I'm going to roll indeed. I'm going to not roll a d20 because I have my dice in my hand. So I'm rolling a d6 and a d8. Uh, what do you, let me check your character sheet here. So, so I've doing, got, I've got a D six of heart and I've got, uh, my headstrong is, is next to the D six or no over enthusiastic is, is next to the D eight. Yeah. So roll, roll two D eight because risking your jacket gives you mood advantage. You can really okay. get in touch with it. And then All one right. D six. All right. 11. Uh, well, which. What did you get? Uh, we don't. We can, we're going to compare the dice to each it. other. I rolled a one, a three, and an eight. Okay, so one. Which one did the six get? The six got a three. Okay, so what you want because the character is at risk is you want the mood die, you want the aspect die actually to be higher. Okay. So you got a three on that. Yep. And because you had mood advantage, you could pick either d eight. So I'm going to tell you to pick the one. All right, I'm picking the one. Because now you're you're. Aspect die is higher, which means you win. All right. All um, right. This all makes sense. I, I see. I see how the dice mechanic works. Yeah. And because you've won by two, that says uh, the winning side gets to add one hard detail. And a hard detail is just anything that changes the world that like you would write down, essentially. All right. But, so I write down I write down a hard detail. Yeah. Um, the, so hard detail that I, the hard detail that I want to write down, uh, what happens here is. The dog is chasing me. The dog is growling. The dog is barking. I am like jumping around. I'm like climb halfway up the stairs and jump down the stairs. I don't land well. I want to note that like as much as it is, as I have skills of daring do like I think I, la- I like the landing still looks bad. Yeah, <laughs> but I climb up from it and the dog jumps down after me. 
and like the dog jumps down and like kind of lands on me a little bit and we tussle for a little bit and I kind of like the, the roll the dog off of me and we kind of do it a few more times. And the the world detail, the hard detail that I want to add about the world is. I want to add the detail that uh, there's not. The detail that I want to add is that for the for the for the the parts of the world that are that are supernatural, that are not that are are supernatural and secure, mm-hmm. there's not much to guard. Or rather, like, there's not much need for for violent guarding. Oh, weird. So, like, By which I, like, inside here, you know, the creature's domain, this dog, like, this, like you said, like, this, by all rights, this guard dog should be, have no desire to play. Uh-huh. And but... yet, strangely, it's okay playing. Okay, so the, the, the idea is there's not much supernatural in here. Like, the creature's here, probably. Or, or, or rather, but, like for the supernatural, like the supernatural parts of the world, have not have faced a level of comfort and security that I think large portions of the world have not, mm-hmm. and so don't have the same like hard scrabble survival instinct that maybe like you or I as people do. Got it. That makes sense. So like this guard dog is a little more playful than like if it were a guard dog out in the settlement somewhere. Right, yeah, because there's, like, who's coming here? <laughs> yeah, the, the the creature is here, like, we can assume that, like, the cre- that no one is messing with the creature. It's, it is, the, the best way I can describe it, I think the, the way that I would phrase the, the hard detail, mm-hmm. the supernatural entities of our world are big dogs, and big dogs are friendly. Okay. It's like nobody's messing with a big dog. Right, cool. So they yeah. don't have any reason to, they don't have any reason to, to, to to bark at people because they're so big that they're not scary. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like it a lot. So what's going on? What's going on 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 the on the roof? Yes, yeah, so I'm climbing up this wall. Uh, do we think I just make it up, or is this a concern? Um, I think that you. I think you hear crashing and running inside, <laughs> and I think like what you see is uh, you see shadows start to bleed out of windows as you are crawling sort of like tendrils of shadow. And then eventually you see like uh, a webbed fingered hand kind of like punt, like reach through a window as if something very law, lo- something very large and very is like starting to, to rise and is going to crawl out of this window very, very shortly. Oh, that's a concern. And- uh, and start surveying its its domain. Uh-huh. Ooh. So I think the climbing, I think climbing is a concern here, not because you're going to fall, but because uh, if you don't climb fast enough, you are going to be face to face with the creature. Yeah, I think I immediately try to. Is there another window I could just duck into? Uh, I, yes, there absolutely is. I want to quickly do that. Uh, and I think you find yourself in. Well, let's just go full trope. You find yourself in a Frankenstein lab. Great. Tesla coils, Tesla coils, chalkboards. Uh, I'm immediately excited about this. Like the the fear gets pushed down because like this is weird, uh, and I'm into it. Um, so are any of the are the Tesla coils active? Is it full uh, on? Yeah. Oh, everything is everything is full on active. <laughs> kind of yep. thing. Yep. Hundred percent. Everything is is full on active. Okay. Uh, I want to shit. What do I want to do? I want to. St- 
Are there any books? I want to look for any any open books on the table, any notebooks, that kind of thing. I'm just kind of gathering them up. Which um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this is probably a roll. Okay. Because I think like I think that that same I think like as you're kind of gathering the thing that I want to throw out as a as a roll opportunity is like there is decidedly shuffling approaching. So anything that you want to find, <laughs> you're you're finding you're again again the the problem is a time crunch, but it is a different kind of shuffling. You hear the creature crushing and stomping outside, but outside. there's like there's outside of the wit on the wall outside, like outside oh. of the window. So the creature is on the wall. Yeah. Okay, crunching around. And so it's a time pressure of both trying to stay quiet enough that that crunching doesn't come through the window, but then also And also there's 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 an unknown sort of rustling, like our footsteps and 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 noises approaching from the inside as well. Great. This is this is tough. Uh so so it's it's stay quiet, stay still, (laughs) find places to hide, find grab some books to read. Mm. That's the scenario you're in. Cool, yeah. Uh, what aspect do we think I'm using here? This As is probably I'm, this is probably mind. Okay, uh, and I'm also curious. If that's going to yep. be the mood. Yeah. Or is this impulsive? Because it's kind of both. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this: Are you more interested in finding cool things to to read, or are you interested in like finding a place to hide and understanding your immediate scenario? Is the situation or the stuff more interesting to you? I think this, I want this, I want to find, I'm less concerned about the, myself because of how, like, I'm overstimulated, essentially. I'm like, I got to find some stuff. That feels like impulsive. It feels like you are, you are, you are forsaking your immediate safety for the sake of trying (laughs) to find, of trying to find a cool book to read. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm going to risk my sentiment here that I, my siblings don't understand why I adventure. Cause mm-hmm. like a big reason, a big thing that I do is I try to find something cool so I can be like, see, this Got is, it. this is I like it that. to try like to inspire that. that, that youthful enthusiasm. So that is up for grabs. So I'm going to roll 2d6, uh, against 1d8. And I'm assuming I'm at risk here as yeah. opposed to the world. Cool. Let's see what we got. Um, so if I'm at risk, I want my aspect, my D8, to be higher. But unfortunately, I rolled a 1 on my mind, and then also a 1 on my impulsive. So they've tied, which means we both add a hard detail. Mm. Um, I mean, I think my hard detail will be simple, and then you can do whatever you have to do. Go for it. <laughs> and it's that I get... A, a logbook, I shove that into my bag, and I get, like, a, a, a textbook type thing. Both like of that. those get placed. Uh, I think that the, the hard detail that I want to throw out is that uh, what this is, I think that you is, this is, uh, this is some kind of Frankenstein-esque genetic engineering lab. Mm-hmm. Which says about the world at large that that that's, that there are there are areas where science has has progressed far past what we could possibly conceive as imaginable. Right, and then things are coming here. <laughs> yes, I think I think, and I think that, that we see that by way of like some sort of ominous ominous horror movie scientists, you know, lab coats, collars up to their nose, big goggles, walk in. 
and I think that um, I think that they see you, and they press a buzzer. They uh, pull a buzzer out of a pocket, and a, and a big webbed webbed hand fist punches through the wall. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, sorry to barge in. I I didn't realize anybody was here. I'm so sorry. Please. And I I, I think that like um, trying to think what happens now. I think that I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with we gotta go classic to trope because sometimes the trope is good. <laughs> You may have gotten here by mistake, but we can't let you leave. You would spoil the mystery of the creature. At which point the creature has pulled itself halfway through the wall. Well, I mean, would I? (laughs) I don't know what the, what even, what am I looking at? Well, don't tell me because then that would spoil the mystery. (laughs) I gotta go. Um, I'm going to call for a roll here. Okay. I'm going to call for a roll here, and then I'm going to hand over, after this roll to see what happens, then I'm going to hand it over to you, because I think after this roll is when Lash gets onto the scene. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think this is heart. Okay. It's just me trying to appeal to whatever. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's to form an actual bond or to convince them that you're not worth their time, this feels like heart. Okay. I'm afraid. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I don't think any of my sentiments apply here. Um, nor do my skills, uh, which are deducing, shouting, and dancing. I don't <laughs> so, think so. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just roll. So heart is a d6 versus my afraid, which is a d4. Again, I'm I'm at risk, I assume. Mm-hmm. So hopefully my d6 beats my d4, which should be yeah, that is a six to one. So I'm up, by, I'm up by five. I get to add two hard details. Um, oh, that just feels kind of weird <laughs> to add. I think one th- one hard detail that I'm going to add to this scientist is this scientist has not talked to like a person in Ooh, years. Like and so is not quite ready, I think, to have an ideological debate about why I should leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second hard detail, ooh, two is feeling greedy. That's, that's the dice. You took an unexpected action and it paid (laughs) off the dividends. The second hard detail that we get is the creature isn't going to be swayed by my words necessarily, but picks something up, something large. We'll say, I mean, why not? The Tesla coil zapping and zooping picks it up and tries to throw it at me and puts a hole on like the interior wall that mm. like I scramble through. I don't I know what happens that. from there, but yeah. I well, I think what happens from there is um uh I am I am laying on the cart like the you run through the wall. The Tesla mm. coil explodes through a wall. You are running. I am sitting on the on like a rug petting this like very large <laughs> genetically engineered super dog. I see that. I see the creature, and I'm like, "Oh, we should probably go." Okay. Um, and like jumps up, runs up to my feet, and I am going to I am going to tackle the the creature and try to to fight it exactly long enough where I can like maybe knock it off its feet for a second so that we can get the hell out of here. You're gonna tackle the creature. 
I'm tackling okay. the creature. That's body. Yep. We're, we're rolling for this. Um, yeah, that's body. You're at risk again. Um, this feels I'm gonna, like... I'm going to go ahead and give you aspect disadvantage, I think, just because the creature is huge. This creature is huge. That's the whole point. It just punched through a brick wall. Easy. So what is so what does that mean? So that means you're going to be rolling two of your aspect uh, dice and taking yeah. a higher result. Well, yeah, taking the lower result in this case because you want the aspect to be high when you're at risk. Okay. Okay. And I think this is daring do. <laughs> this might be this is daring do for sure. Well, this is bashing things. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So what does that what does that get me? So that will let you modify your aspect die by one. Okay, good. So that's going to bump me from D four to a D six because I'm definitely being punchy right now. Oh uh, well, no, just after you roll it, you'll. Oh, modif- got it. You'll, yeah, got it. Okay. Just add a number to it. And I am for sure going to. I'm going to risk. I'm definitely. I'm risking my jacket again, unless okay. I can only risk it once. No, so it's only when you fail that you start marking the checkboxes. So All it's right, still gonna, it's still risk, good to go. I'm still risking my jacket. So what is what is what is risking my jacket get me? Uh, that will that's what lets you roll your um, mood die twice. Got so it. So you're gonna roll two of the aspect, two of the mood. Okay. So I'm rolling two d eight, mm-hmm. and I and want you, my two d four to be higher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or rather, three. Wait. Wait. Let me. Let me look at your sheets so I can. So you're doing headstrong, or no? You're doing punchy. I'm doing punchy. So you want you actually you're rolling two d four. You're going to pick the lower of that, yep. and then two d eight, and pick the higher of that. I think yep. you're you're going to you were built to punch Drac. You're not Dracula, Frankenstein's monster. All right. So the lower of my uh, mood dice are well, they're both ones. Cool. Great. My two d eight. Is a uh, two and a seven, so that's a seven. That's so seven. That's up that's, by six. That's the big time. <laughs> this is what I was born to do. Uh, apparently, you were born to tackle Frankenstein's monster. Um. So the two hard details is um. The detail that I'm going to throw out is that Frankenstein's monster and I are not so different. In that we both just get over enthusiastic and punchy. Mm-hmm. Which is going to bang me up like the like and I think the other hard detail is like I take a beating, but I think the detail is that I take a beating is that I take a beating better than anybody else. Okay. <laughs> and, like, and like we are tussling and like bashing each other mm-hmm. and like hitting each other and just punching each other. But like it is clear and like I think it is like you are running. You hear me like tumbling down the stairs and like this what sound like screams of pain you quickly realize are like hoots and hollers of like <laughs> this is this is this is like what we've both been looking for is just like somebody to just just go hog wild <laughs> great <laughs> and so i'm running away and my is this just something that happens when the two of us go and i, I just so. know this, that you'll catch up <laughs> yeah this is this is how we work together great this is our relationship okay um, I am getting thrown into walls and like, um, I think like as this is happening, like, uh, it's probably pretty similar. Well, I'm going to eventually, um, 
I think eventually, like, I, I, I get thrown into a wall and I just kind of, like, get back up and I, I, I laugh and I'm going to uh, extend a handshake to the monster. Because <laughs> we've been having fun together. Right. I mean, I think a monster. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a slap on the shoulder. Like, yeah, I'm, it's I, like that makes sense. It's I am over. I am nothing if not over enthusiastic. Like, like I am buddy buddy with with this giant monster, mm-hmm. and it's kind of tired. It's it, this yeah. has been. It hasn't worked out like this in a long time, if ever. Ugh, this is great. This is I. I haven't worked out like this in forever. <laughs> this is a, what a day. Ugh. 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 And I think the scientist is fascinated, has been writing down some notes about this for sure, uh, is annoyed. I don't, I don't really know how, like how, how you get out of this situation necessarily, but like, I think the scientist knows that I am gone with the books that I took. I I think, um, I think what I'm going to, I think what I do is I literally like, I pat the monster on the back and I wave to the scientist and I'm like, <sighs> hey, uh, science, science guy. Uh huh. Can I make you a deal? Hmm. I don't like where this is going, but I, I, what can I do? Uh, if you let me leave and don't kill me, mm-hmm. I can come back and we can do this all thing again, and you can take all the notes that you want. Hmm. You get you get your cool weird creature with all your notes on it. I get to I get to fight a big scary monster. I gotta get that guy in a headlock. I got I gotta get that monster in a headlock at some point. But okay. like it feels like it's a win win for both of us. <sighs> Unfortunately, it does feel like it's a win win for both of us. I don't think there's any. What can I say? I mean, clearly, I. But how can I? Yes, I don't need to explain it to you. I believe you have a deal. All right, buddy. And I can like you, I uh, a, a modifier. Can you get my stuff, my my notebook back from your friend? Bring it back next time. I will bring it back. Um, can we borrow some of your paper if you need it? I see that you've got a thing with. The, I'm assuming that's got a printer attached because we've got one of those. You have one of those. Yeah, uh, I don't have. I don't think I have spare. I don't have paper to spare. But mm. I, if you can bring me in the future, hmm, inform if you, if you have any information about how that device operates, um, I do have. One, I have one thing here. Can we make a deal? Mm-hmm. Another deal. Can, Separate. Second deal. Second deal. Second deal. Second first deal. deal. First deal's already been accepted. Second deal. Mm-hmm. I've got some. I've got information. I am prepared to give to you what do you about 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 something about the dish that we've got in our little our little community. Okay. What's that worth to you, my friend? Well, if it's paper you want. If you can bring me the readings, I can if you bring me the readings, I can supply some of the paper. Oh, easy. Totally perfect. Okay, so here the information that I want to give you and I give him I give him the date and I'm like I don't know what the what the word nominal means. Mm-hmm. I never really thought to ask. I figured that's sort of more of a of a, of a tech tech thing. But uh, I'll bring you the notes as far as we've got them. Um, I'll tussle with your with your monster, buddy. We'll get you in a headlock. You said nominal. It says nominal. Nominal. Seems every every Ooh. year on the day it says nominal. 
Okay, that is pre- quite precarious, but uh, thank you. That's that's very important information. All right, if I you will could bring me more. That that would be wonderful. Yeah, I'll bring you some more. We'll bring you some paper. It seems like we got a good deal. Mm, quite. All right, hey buddy, you keep working out. You're not going to get out of this headlock. <laughs> I, I think I, I walk out. So I think what I visually get is like I walk, like you have run, you are like hiding in a bush. <laughs> I stroll, Pretty far away, I think. I stroll out, blood is running from my lip. <laughs> Goggles are cracked. I think it's a bush primarily. Like when we walked in here, I pointed out like that's where I'll be. <laughs> my jacket is half hanging off <laughs> i can barely move one arm and i just walk up so everything's good everything's great uh, what what do you mean everything's great everything's great are you good do you need uh, like medical I'm help fine. i'll figure i'll figure it out what okay God. so here's the deal um you can study that book you just got to bring it back when you're done uh you steal a book by the way I well, I got a book. Uh, it seemed to be a textbook of some sort, and and uh, and some notes about something. I I didn't know at the time. I assume they're about the that thing. Nice, nice. Uh, you just got to bring it back when you're done. Study it. Bring it back when you're done. Um, and then if we bring some of the nominal papers, if we just bring some of those notes, they're going to give us paper for the dish. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Also, I had to go back and get beaten up by that thing once in a while, but uh, that's, that's also a win. Incredibly fucked up. <laughs> I will never understand the way you work, but I it gives results. So what am I? Yeah, gonna... you know, I'd say the same about you, my friend. We seem we seem to make it work together, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> listen, All right. though, listen, though, I. I I'm going to get it in a headlock. <laughs> and then do we just cut to like, we are, we head back to the, yeah. the settlement and would go through downtime and, and stuff. If we were playing a longer thing. Yes. Yes, indeed. And I think, but I think for now, I think we watch the two of us walk off and I like, we watch it's, we get the long shot of us like walking back and, and like laughing and talking together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's game. That's game. What a wonderful game. Adam, this was delightful. I genuinely do just want to play this for several more hours. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Can we look? Can I see what you made? I want to know what yes, you indeed. made. Yes, indeed. I want to see the other car that you made as well. All right. Where's my April 20, please? All right. Let's see if if Jerry got his way. We were, and we, we went were to, go the to the 1-4. Oh, I didn't mean to take it. Go back. Flip it. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> oh my god! So this card that would have been the one four uh, is the the ruins of Castle Dracula three Techno Drac. Great. <laughs> the collateral is the two hundred year peace pact. Uh, the danger is robo monsters and cybernetic traps, mines, lasers, etc. And the reward is a community of carousing jovial vampires and also a blood machine. Wow. What we would have done with that? Who's to say? Yeah, who knows? A very similar <laughs> uh, that, that's thing, why but I was very like, different. <laughs> that's why I said I was like, I had a moment of like, oh, I figured that would be <laughs> Castle Dracula. 
Um, so the premise of this one, what I was thinking was that, uh, like, inside of the ruins of this, of this uh, like, Castlevania-ass dungeon mm-hmm. was a bunch of vampires that had just been, like, hanging out. Like, they are vampires and therefore crave human flesh and blood and therefore we were putting ourselves in deathly danger. But, like, they had a blood machine and so they were just kind of, <laughs> like, drinking in the ruins of their castle. Right. They were doing great. Yeah, that's, they were doing great, good. which is why they had a peace pact with the neighboring settlements of like, we're good. Don't send anybody. <laughs> right. We're not. If there are vampires, it's not us. It's We're fine. Like, we're we're, we're undeniably vampires. But like, uh-huh. we got our space. You got yours. <laughs> we, we good. Very good. All right. What's next? Uh, a massive Ooh. office building, tilted over but still lit, buzzing with life inside. Uh, the collateral is the dread curse kept inside. The danger is the phantom ghost of business automation. And the reward is a generator that is housed inside. Great. The phantom ghost of business automation is a very good danger. I thought so, right? I was like, <laughs> I, it popped in my head and I was like, I, I'm just putting that on there. <laughs> All right, what's your other? What's your <laughs> other's? The final one was the underground bar. Oh, I wish we had gotten the underground bar. <laughs> so the uh, collateral was going to be exposing the entrance to wildlife and monsters. Mm. Uh, the danger is being blacklisted from the hangout. And the reward is, frankly, learning how to party and have a good time and booze. I love it. So I was Fantastic. imagining this was going to be largely social, uh, but with people that live in a place with no camaraderie or <laughs> youthful... Um, I love it. So it's just us being awkward at a party. Oh, uh, that would have also been very... I'm glad that we both were like, as soon as we had the monster idea, we were like, we got to put a monster castle well, in there. you can't not. <laughs> this, Adam, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for playing this. This was an absolute delight. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Uh, so real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find your work? Where can people find uh, No Stone Unturned? And anything else you've got going on you want them to know about? Yeah, you can find my work at, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam E. Bell. You can find my games on itch at Adam E. Bell.games. Um, if you want to get No Stone Unturned, I believe Floating Club and Exalted Funeral have physical copies, or you can come get the digital from me uh, at Adam E. Bell.games. And then also you can find me on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time uh, at the Tabletop Colin Show, which I'm a co host of. Colin, talking Bye. about games. I love the tabletop call-in show. I genuinely, I, uh, last week was the first time I ever like had the time and capacity to like sit down and call in, but, uh, I genuinely love it. I listen to it every week. It is, it is, it is wonderful. The energy that you and Jeremy bring to it is delightful. It makes me very happy. And then also I get wonderful games discussions. It is one of my favorite things. That's awesome to hear. (laughs) Uh, well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was a freaking delight. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to Adam for coming on to the show. That game was so perfectly, exactly, exactly what I wanted it to be. And I could not be more thrilled about that. I could not be more grateful that we got to play that game together. It was, I'm still smiling thinking about it. It has brought me so much absolute joy. And I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed playing it with Adam. Be sure to pick up your own copy of No Stone Unturned at adamebell.itch.io and be sure to follow Adam on Twitter at adamebell. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice review on iTunes or Podchaser. Consider backing the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. Consider joining our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. Or just tell us you like the show on Twitter. Send us a nice message or, you know, tell a friend about the show. Anything you do is going to make my day a little brighter. And frankly, it's going to keep the show going and keep the wheels turning. And really, that's what this is all about. Now, if you listen to this podcast and you went, oh, I just wish I had another hour-long podcast that I could listen to to just brighten up my day, boy, do I have you covered. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network in which every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. As always, Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage of the show, or about coming onto the show as a guest, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that is it for me, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the force of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance, and as always, party on, everybody. 